And we are so honored to have uh, H-Town South Park Coalition legend. Yes, sir. Man, one of the best rappers of all time, man. Mr. K. Reno, man. Yes, man. yes. Welcome. And I didn't pay him to say that. <laughs> I appreciate y'all having me. For real, man. We appreciate, appreciate you being salute, here. Man. No I'm doubt. Man, tell me, I'm, I'm gonna go way back to you, the beginning of your career. Tell me how you started rapping, man. I mean, when I grew up, Sugar Hill Gang, it just came out, like, doing a 79, somewhere up in that range. Um, Grandmaster Flash, The Furious Five, that's the type of stuff I used to listen to. And um, I used to steal their lyrics and recite them like I wrote them and all that. And then I just started trying to write my own stuff, like maybe like 83. And um, just start working on it and start getting, feeling like I was getting better. And just went from there, man. Man, it's, it's crazy. So, like, when, when you started rapping and, and putting it down, what what made you, like, finally go to the studio and and put an album together or, you know, a record together back then? I mean, it's it just the fact that I felt like I was improving. You know, I was rapping on in, at school and battling a few cats here and there. And I was like, you know, people, they liking it. So, um, you know, my daddy, he was he was a hustler and was making a lot of money. And, and I was just wondering what it would take to be able to just make a record. I thought that you just had to go through a label right. to get a record done. And people started telling me, oh, you needed some money. Right. And you could do it. So, um, you know, I hollered at my dad and he was like, man, what you trying to do? And I let him know I wanted to make rap music. He brought me right here in the studio, right at Sugar Hill, where we at. Man, wow. it's crazy. Laid out the bread, and me and uh, two of my buddies who was in the group at the time, we started uh, making music, man. That is crazy. That is man. crazy. So, so what was the uh, what was the rap scene like in Houston at the time when you made your first record? It, it was it was limited. It was it wasn't but a handful of cats doing it, and, and it was an even smaller number of cats doing it, trying to do it professionally. Right. You know, a lot of few cats were rapping. You know, everybody in the street and in school were trying to do something, but just to, to actually say. We trying to put a record out. It was us, and it was the original Ghetto Boys. We only had Jukebox and Johnny C right. and Bushwick right. and all them. Yeah. And um, other than that, man, I, I can't think of too many other groups that was actually doing it on, on a professional level, man. And, and we were just really trying our hand at it, too. We was learning on the job, and, and we were so dumb that we would come in here. You know, these days, you know how it is. It's like pre-production. You do everything at home, write everything, then come to the lab. Right. We would be sitting in here. Right. Right, and making the beats at the... So we had people that was producing 75 hours. I don't know what they charging now, but we just <laughs> on the clock. You know, because we didn't know. You know, but... And, and, and it was funny because, you know, you know, my daddy had the bread, so it wasn't nothing for him to come at the end of the day. But looking back on it, it's like, man, we was tripping. We right. just wasted a lot of money, but... Right. We didn't know, it, you know. Right, yeah, and that's the, that's a big difference of what's going on. Yeah, yeah. By nowadays, they making an album for five hundred dollars. No question. No question. Yeah, you was making one song for yeah, pretty much, man. Thousand, pretty thousand much. Yeah. That's crazy, man. Yeah. So, so tell me the um the whole story and the legacy behind the Black Book, man. Man, it, it go back to school. It go back when I was in school, man. I mean, you know, you carry your books. You had your little notebooks and all that, and 
I'll be sitting in class writing lyrics. I ain't have too much work, you know, in my notebooks. And I just carried around with me, man. And um, I think my mom, she used to work at this place, and she would bring home these little black binders that was from her job. And she just would shoot them to me, like, for school. And I just, I write lyrics in them. You know, it's just my black books. And, and that's the only thing I carry. I never carry no books. And just people start knowing me for that. They're like, oh, man, that's that dude always carrying that black folder around, you know? And when I when I would battle, you know, I just had this little thing where like I'm standing in front of you, I drop my black fold on the ground right in the middle. You know, yeah. that's like my little right. signature yeah. move, and right. then I'm going in. Yeah. But um, you know, people start knowing me. Then when I start doing my records, I would always take my album cover picture. I got my, my book in my hand, so it just caught on like that. Yeah. So when did you know? You know, I always try to ask, you know, artists this. When did you know that that was your gift? Like, you knew this was your passion. You knew this is what you wanted to do at a very young age. Of course. When, when I when I when I got when I got cut from the football team in high school, yeah. because I was I was in between those two things. I, I I played football pretty decent. I was a wide receiver, but I was always skinny, but I wasn't tall like I am now. So in the ninth grade, I tried out for the team, and all them guys was huge, way bigger than me. So the coach was like, man, you can catch, but he said, look at them guys, and then look at you, you're too little. So when he did that, and, and I just put all my focus towards music, and I ain't looked back since then. That's what's up. Okay. Uh, uh, hey, y'all. Uh, AL here. Uh, 4th of July, right around the corner. And uh, you need grills. And uh, we got your grills. Uh, we, we got George Foreman grills. We got your Paul Wall grills. We got Johnny Dang grills. We got your Nellyville grills. Uh, so if you really want to heat things up, come get your grills. The treatment of gem materials to increase their value is by no means recent phenomenon, nor the awareness amongst ethical vendors of some level of treatment disclosure is necessary. DJ, run that shit. What's up, everybody? This big sugar daddy coming from the south side of the tree. I got a little news for you shoppers and you boppers. What a player can do for you It's about what you can do for a player So let me let my nigga kick some of that shit to you I was posing to be chosen in this game Bigger than Mike D, let me hear you scream Mike my D. name Money over bitches, that's M.O.B I can't love a hoe, that's the way it gotta be Cause bitches a hoe, you die And make your game slack up Get out of line, knock a dime If she act up I don't give a damn about these hoes, that's why I'm all alone. I grab my dick bone and hold the microphone and scream money over bitches. Still got my riches, sit sideways in the simplet news, eating switches, smoking swissers, drinking on drink, thinking by bank, what the fuck you hoes think? Money, money over bitches in this age, Texas, Texas, no love, no love for hoes. So what's the damn Lexus? No, no, to the south, I'ma break these.
is a foot race, but it's a paper chase. I'm all about my meal, going to work every day. Plus, I got them boppers on my side, blow me up. When I'm out there on the cut, trying to give me some of them guts. But what? I'm all about my meal. I gotta show my skills, cause my skills play the bills, nigga, that's real. So a young nigga trills, stuck in the game. And bitches always screaming out a player name. But it be hard to see that I'm the BAT. And why none of these boppers can't get with me? It's automatic like the nine. What's in front of lies on them hoes at all times? Get them on my. Who writing it? This who goddamn spitting it. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm going to put this hip voice behind and then that's what they want to hear. You know what I'm talking about? Because I know these young geniuses, like Flip say, you know, they, they got they got ideas, man. And they, you know, they got what's going on right now today, you know. By me being a triple OG in the game, you know what I'm talking about? You know, I, I got to stay down to the go down, man. And then I ain't never too old to learn, so that's what I'm doing, man. You did hook for a lot of people, man. Yeah, really. And a lot of times people, they take
So, man, C Note, man, was one of the first guys. This before I even met Flip, you know. We went down our thing, man. You know, at the studio, man. This man dropped me out, man, before, before I got out of his truck. He said, man, where you going, man? I said, man, let me go to high chill. I'm good. Now, man, man, pull out his checkbook and say, you know what I owe you? I said, fuck, man, you owe me nothing, man, man. Wrote me a check. You know, I ain't got to say what kind of numbers it was. They wasn't no punk numbers. You know, he wrote it on the string. Just, whoop. You know what I'm saying? So, like I say, man, you know, a lot of the real is real and the fake is fake, man. You got to stay down when they go down, you know? So, like I say, man, I've been knowing Cliff, man, for, you know, his family before I met him. You know what I'm talking about? By me just being, you know, in the streets, you know what I'm saying? The man, you know what I'm talking about? I know his family, you know, like I say. But uh, it's real, man. It's like I say, this King Life album, man, you know, I, I'm kind of feeling it, man, because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to come out my sheet, man. He told me he's going to help me with my album, man. You know, give me you know, give me some shit going on. So, and we fucking with a clique of motherfuckers right now, man, who, who we, we all loyal to each other, man. We pretty much grew up with each other, you know what I'm saying? And that's what it is, man. So, you know. It's for life, though. Now, we know, I ain't tripping on that. Yeah, yeah. Big T prices oh, went up. Yeah, yeah. motherfuckers that hey, hit them up. You know what I'm saying? Well, you want to run for motherfucking Big T, man. You need to have two. Shows, too, man. Shows. You have two G's minimum, man. Yeah. Real shit, this dude is a multi platinum. He's a multi platinum album. And still doing this shit. You know, over the, over the shit, what, 20 years I've been in the, in, in the rap game, you know what I'm talking about? It's been, you know, on the, uh, damn near on the GP, you know what I'm saying? Whether it's for $500, man, or $5,000, man, I'm gonna give it my all, man. But you know what? It's time, you know, it's time to eat, man. You know what I'm talking about? And I'm fucking with million dollar niggas, and then it, it, it's only fair. I mean, you know, it don't matter how much money you got or how much money you don't got, but when the motherfucker looking out for you, man, and being real, real is real and fake. I like water. Well, good for you. H2O. H2O. What is the best pop? Exotic pop. Exotic pop. Exotic pop. I'm sipping. I'm sipping. I'm sipping. I'm sipping. I'm I'm sipping, I'm sipping, I'm sipping. Exotic. My DJ, DJ Red. And this motherfucker. The Bodney Boys in the building, man. That's oh, what's up. What it do, what it do. What's up, C-Note? And we're lean, man. Welcome to the show, man. Already glad, glad you're having us, man, for sure. Already, man. Man, off the bat, man. Tell me, uh, how did the Bodney Boys group form, man? Uh, pretty much. Uh, before the music, we was pretty much, uh, you know, uh, kids in the hood. We we grew up uh, straight. Really, it was a street thing, you know. What I mean, Bodney was is a street, and we all pretty much hung out on Bodney, and you know, in our, our teenage years and stuff. We was young, just hanging out in the hood, you know what I mean, and. Um, we, we hung on that street every day, and it was pretty much like a little popular street, and uh, everybody started calling us Bodney, Bodney Boys, Bodney Big Shots, so we kind of just took it from the streets to the music, you know what I mean, and just brought it like that. That's what's up, man. So when y'all formed y'all little uh, crew, clique, or whatever you want to call it, how did y'all eventually hook up with DJ Screw? Uh, how that happened was, I was hot now with uh, Q, Q Dog. Yeah, I think, I believe it was 
He had got a tape from Pace or something. Yeah, uh, uh, about like 91, 93. Yeah, early 90s, early, early 90s. 90s. Oh, yeah, he got a, yeah, he got, got a tape from uh, Screw. Mm-hmm. He gave it to Q, and Q gave it to you. Yeah, yeah. Quincy. Yeah, somehow Q-Dow. Q-Dow, yeah. he's from South Dakota. That's a fuel. He's a good friend of Scarface or whatever. And somehow they uh, met DJ Screw. I don't know who it was through or how it was done, but um, they was kind of the first ones around here, like uh, with the trend, the pop trunk trend. And, okay. you know, we was uh, riding on Swangers way back then. And right. we kind of got uh, a lot of that game from them, too, uh, riding the slab cars and everything. But anyway, they was banging that screw in their car. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had found it, you know, it, it was pretty, it was cool. You know what I mean? It was unique, it was cool, it was different. And we was already pretty much uh, doing a little rapping mm-hmm. on on uh, Botany, and our, uh, at our partner Big Al house, Big Danker, and and uh, we would rap over instrumental as his highs because we, we had number crates, number albums, number music, so we would sit over there and kind of just rap over instrumentals at his house. It wasn't a real studio or nothing, but when we heard that screw. It was kind of different. We was like, man, slow down. We can actually rap. Like, e- it was easier to rap to, you know what I mean? Because right. the tempo was slower. Right. So, you know, uh, and that was the first time I heard it. So I asked them uh, to actually take me over there to get a tape. Mm-hmm. And uh, we went over there and we met him off. Uh, I really lived in Broadway, yeah, Broadway Square at the time. When he was standing with his back. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was way a long time ago. Yeah. And since the first time we met, you know what I mean, we just clicked from there. Yeah. And uh, one day we just kind of came up with the idea, just like uh, we make our mixtape, we want to actually rap over one of the instrumentals, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. we was already doing it, we just wanted to see how it sounded or how it would come out like and stuff. And, uh, Cause I think we probably would freestyle over probably before we went to his house, yeah, just freestyling in the car, uh-huh. you know what I mean, or whatever, hanging out or whatever. Uh-huh. And that's how it came about. You know, we actually just came up, just asked him to do it. He did it, you know what I mean? From there, man, yeah. it was like a trendsetter moment, you know what I mean? Yeah, Everybody like, wants to do that, you know yeah, what I mean? So, you got so basically, at that time, was were people going to school house and rapping on the instrument? Uh, like the only person probably was uh, Pat. Pat that was already Pat, doing it. Pat, Pat was like right along with right us. Along with we us was like all at the same time. If it we wasn't him and Corey over there, it's us over there. Those only. Yeah, yeah. At the time, it was the only people. And then it kind of, I guess it got so yeah, it got so popular from that point. But I think uh, from that point though, like when he was still saying with his dad, uh-huh. I well, it probably was just Biden. Or patent court, like when everybody else started right. coming through, that was when he moved to the house. Moved to a whole other house yeah, on the Green 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 Green. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't nobody rapping on yeah. school at that time. Man. Much when he was on Broadway. Yeah, because like we used to go by there and, um, you know, it, it had beepers then, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right, so, yeah, so we'll go by there and knock on his window. Yeah. You know, if his old man ain't had no company, he wasn't no female there, he'd be. Come on in. Yeah, but, man, Pops got company. Right. <laughs> man, this like, is real shit right here. This is like, man, nobody knows these type of stories, man. Nobody has like, these type yeah, of stories. Because it's like when we started with the music, like school been DJing, but uh-huh. just getting into the industry, um, how the industry go, like we like learning at the same time. Right, like, y'all learn right along with them. Right along with them. Yeah, yeah. So we talking way back before 
everything. You know what I'm saying? He, yeah. School wasn't even, I mean, was he selling tapes? He wasn't, was he selling tapes? Yeah, man, yeah, he was, he was definitely selling, selling tapes at the like time. He wasn't selling no, like, dubs, like, saying, if I go make a tape, he wasn't selling that. It was, like, tapes that he already had. He was selling personal tapes personal at the tapes. time. Yeah. You would have to, like, if you would go to him, yeah. you know, you pay, spend your $10 and you make your list on whatever song you want on there, you yeah. know what I mean? And uh, and that's how he was uh, serving the taste back then. But yeah, this way back when 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 we had to wait on pops to go to work. Yeah, we had to wait on pops to go to work because you know pops don't want all all all, them, all them, you know people in this high why especially why he had work. So you know school had to keep it kind of low. Like, but when pops went to work, you know he let a couple of us in at the time or whatever. And, we went in there and did our thing, hung out, and you know, back then we was drinking all uh, forty ounces. Uh, and everything, you know, even you know, no syrup. Yeah. Back then yeah. we was yeah. forty ounces. Yeah. And you know, the music was still slow. Yeah, you know, ounces was shit, man. Hey, forty ounces was the thing. Know, we get them cold. Go to the ice house. Get them cold. Yeah, man. We got DJ Red on the ones and twos from Screwed Up Click. My DJ, DJ Red, and this motherfucker. And I'm gonna need each one of y'all to sing this shit with me one time, cause we gonna represent for DJ Screw. We gonna represent for Fat Pat. We gonna put it down for the Biden boys. We gonna do this shit for Big Mo and the Trace. Know what I'm saying? Cause everywhere I go, they go with me. Know what I'm saying? Big Steve. I'm clocking this motherfucker. From Austin to motherfucking Texas, nigga, here we go, nigga. Y'all sang this shit. Well, one time for your mind, let a player come through. I'm sipping on a foe when I'm jamming on that. It's Southside Players and that's Player Down Production. Cause a young nigga got a million dollar function. Living so bold in this game. And drank and drank, got me what told in the game. Now I'm thinking stacks, marble dough legs. Moved up the 320 business high act. A little bit crazy, fuck these damn ladies. All up on my danger lane, cause I'm Mercedes. Really ain't with it. Let that nine million start spit. Let's go. Round after round and drop and play our haters down from the other side. If you start flexing, it's that Southside Third Ward, fucking Texas. Boys don't know I'm candy red up on the scene. A young nigga sipping codeine with that damn wheel lean. For that fat to the pack, how the fuck you gon' act? A rat tat 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 with my 9mm to get. Now boys better raise the fuck up off me. Cause that boy Mike D is living like John A. I'm in the game. Hold up, man. That's what I'm talking about. H-Time in this motherfucker. I heard Austin in this motherfucker. Is the Southwest in this motherfucker? Is the Southeast in this motherfucker? Yeah. 